This is a Counterspin Media presentation. Presenting Samantha Edwards Reports. Just asking about whether the COVID vaccination's ever been available in the Destiny car park. Drusus Road, do you know? Yeah, yeah, we are doing it before. Yes. Coming down and working at the COVID testing station here at 25 Drusus Road, my role is site manager. So on behalf of Destiny Church, is actually helping the COVID operation actually work and being able to be a part of the front line. I've uh, so worked on the board for the medical centre, but um, extra cash from you control the wealth, that means you control the riches, that means you control the politics, that means you control the social order, that means that you are in charge. So are you guys and getting rent from the car park that's being used for the COVID testing? Are you collecting rent? Yes, we do actually, we do. So you're making money off people doing COVID testing? Yes. So you're not opposed to areas where you can make money from it? Oh, well, I don't think we need to talk about that part of it. Hmm. I feel like maybe we do need to talk about that part of it. <laughs> and maybe a few other parts as well. Okay? Okay. This is a bit of a follow-up on issues discussed in regards to the COVID testing station in Destiny Car Park and their collaboration with Whanawara Community Clinic. I'll attempt to bring some more facts and evidence to the table today. A few weeks ago, I began to ask questions about why there was a long-standing COVID testing station in Destiny Car Park, and also about the extent of Brian Tamaki's involvement with the clinic running the station, Whanawara Community Clinic. Brian Tamaki is the head tenant of this property and has final word on who subleases any property at 25 Druses Road. The rental to Whanauora and its owner, George Natai, was made upon mutual agreement and has been in place for almost three years 
and during that time, payment for that sublease has been ongoing and paid to Destiny Church. Hundreds of Destiny people have told me this is not true, none of it, and that Destiny don't have any say in who uses that car park and certainly don't receive any money for it. But rather than take my word for it, let's listen to Hannah Tamaki talking about it with Kate Hawksby back in October 21. What about Destiny Church run her own GP practices which have been getting money for doing COVID vaccinations? Is that true? GP, we don't have our own practice. We lease out part of our building to a medical centre. So are you guys and getting rent from the car park that's being used for the COVID testing? Are you collecting rent yes, from Yes, we do actually, we do. So they you're making money off people doing COVID testing? Yes. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna say this. They asked us at the beginning of the COVID in, in, back in February, with if they could actually lease because they wanted to set up uh, a testing station in South Auckland. We're in a good position. We talked about it and we decided, well, if the government's really pushing for people to be tested, that's... So you're not opposed to areas where you can make money from it? Oh, well, I don't think we need to talk about that part of it. We lease it out to a school, to an early childhood centre and to a gym. Now, if the medical centre is part of our lease, then who are we as the leasees to actually decline them the right to run what they've been asked to run? Hannah, thank you so much for being with us. The thing that Hannah didn't mention there is that those other enterprises that she said they also leased to, uh, the Early Childhood Education Centre, the gym and the school, are all very much destiny enterprises. The lady standing next to Hannah here is Anne Williamson. She's been a fixture at Destiny for decades the spokeswoman for Destiny Church. And, well, she and her husband, Neil, own the Early Childhood Education Centre, Natamariki Puawai, and Brian and Hannah's daughter, Jamie, is listed in LinkedIn as the owner of the gym, Super City Fitness, although the company's register lists her husband, Kane, as the majority shareholder. And the school they leased to? Well, that would be Destiny School. <laughs> so all of 25 Druces Road has always been very much a Destiny operation. Further clarification around whether Brian and Hannah are invested in this COVID testing centre, which is still there today, was provided in an interview that Hannah did with Mari TV on the 14th of August, 2020, which I've condensed for time purposes. Here, Hannah's calling for an amnesty to be granted to all Pacifica overstayers to allow them to come in and get their COVID test in what she calls our COVID testing station. We're the first to be doing a call for this amnesty on, on Pacific, uh, Pacific peoples uh, to be able to, to stay in New Zealand. Well, to be honest, they're not going to be able to leave anyway, but what's happened is they're here and we need to get them tested. But unless they feel safe to go to a testing station and be tested, then how do we know that it's not going to spread through other communities? How do we know somebody in their community has not already got the virus? So to me, it's about giving them the kaha to come forward, um, to be bold enough to go to the testing station. Actually, from what I've heard, they've been turned away from a few testing stations. So we have one at 25 Juices Road. We want them to go there, to feel comfortable to be there, to, um, to go and have the test uh, and know that their um, information will be kept confidential. We need to up them along, support them and encourage them to come forward, to have the car to come forward to get tested so that their whanau, their, the people that they perhaps are in the bubble with or they're living with, 
they can all be confident of the fact that they are not infected. And that is so important. If we keep denying people these tests, then how will we, will we really know where we're situated in this virus in South Auckland? We need to ask them, we need to give them the kaha to come forward and take the tests. I was on uh, the Samoan radio station this morning, that was my taki this morning, I talked about that and I absolutely believe that we need to uplift these people, encourage these people to come forward and be safe, feel safe and um, trust. I'm asking the Pacific leaders, if you know of people that need the amnesty, I'm asking you to please tell them to come forward, come to 25 Druces Road, have the test, we will support you, we want you help, we want to make sure you feel safe like every other New Zealander. God, New Zealander, God bless you. Now, since I posted about this on Facebook a few weeks ago, Brian Tamaki has said many times that they have nothing whatsoever to do with the testing station in the car park. Both Hannah and Brian have said many times that that COVID testing station and the service it provides, uh, the testing, referring and driving people to one of the Whanauara vaccination clinics or the Whanauara South Auckland Mass Vaccination Centre is also completely independent of them in the church. They have nothing to do with it. The owners of Whanauara Community Clinic are George Natai and his wife Raywin Bunner. And as I explained last time, they're founding members of Destiny Church, dedicated in their service of Brian and Hannah throughout many years, and until recently, holding esteemed paid positions on church staff, with George holding the position of Chief Executive of the Social Services Arm. And during his time in that role, George was publicly noted on more than one occasion for his fervent lobbying for more government funding for Destiny Church, and for making his indignance known if such tax-free funding was ever denied. Reported as accusing the Ministry of Social Development of racial and religious discrimination against Destiny back in 2011. George also taught in the church. And the four of them have been very close friends and have recently returned from an extensive European holiday together in the last couple of months. George is very involved in Hannah Tamaki's vision party as well, the Takanini candidate for the party, and he was previously an Auckland candidate for the National Party. A few years ago, he ran for president of the Maori Party, but wasn't successful in that bid. But he was, however, awarded the position of co-chair of the Maori Council, and that's a position he still holds today. This aspect is concerning to me, anyway, when you consider George's fierce support of the Maori co-governance scheme. In my opinion, George displays a strong anti-colonialist view. He pulls the race card on so many issues. I mean, for example, in the thread following my original post about the testing station in the car park, George commented that the reason that I have an issue with this is because I'm a colonialist. If you listen to how John Tamahiri, the president of the Maori Party, has been publicly gloating lately that Maori are going to be ruling this nation in the near future, I think we need to take such alignment seriously. Concerns me that Brian's so close with a man with these views and a man who holds such political influence. As do many of the Destiny guys, George appears to rate himself pretty highly, <laughs> calling himself Sir George Natai on social media. Sir George is now the owner of Whanawara Community Clinic, with clinics from Kaio to Christchurch, leading the charge in getting Murray and Pacifica fully jabbed up throughout New Zealand. They've done such a great job in poisoning the population that Chris Hipkins himself has even given George an award and recognition of his achievements. 
Whanawara Community Clinic appears to be a rapidly expanding business with 10 clinics established by 2021 and more since then, I believe. The huge acceleration in growth may largely be due to the enormous amount of government funding they've received in the last couple of years. We've recently made an official Information Act request for the national totals of COVID government funding for Whanauara Community Clinic, but are yet to receive that back. But as soon as I see it, I'll be sure to publish those figures. But for now, this Official Information Act request put in at the end of 2021 shows regional figures for Auckland Whanauara Community Clinic, paid by Counties Manukau Health. So let's have a look at that. This OIA request, dated December 23rd, 2021, tells us that they have received over a million by October 2020, then two and a half million more by October 30th, 2021, and already another 2.18 more, uh, less than two months later. So. I'd love to see what the total was by October 22. Two million in the first two months? How much did that become by the end of that year? <laughs> by October 22 and by today? But anyway, this Official Information Act request shows almost six million in COVID funding and over two million more in other government funding by December 21. And like I said, these are only the amounts for Auckland Whanawara Community Clinic. It also appears that this amount may not include other government COVID contracts that George holds, as well as individual client testing and vaccination payouts that our government's rewarding clinics with on a patient-by-patient -patient basis post-vaccination. Uh, let me be clear here. When we talk about government funding for the COVID vaccination scheme, we're talking about money that's coming from global organisations like the UN, money from the worst paedophiles who are using evil organisations like the World Economic Forum to legalise having sex with children, from depraved Satanists who are using the easily bought to achieve their purposes. If you're willing to become an employee of this agenda in any way and be on its payroll, then you are complicit in the worst of crimes. In 2020, George made a deal with Brian and Hannah Tamaki to pay them for the permission to use their car park for a COVID testing station and also to set up an immunisation clinic inside church buildings. Around the very same time that five to 12 year olds were permitted to receive the COVID fake vaccine, George purchased a Mr Whippy truck, which is now a fixture in the testing station in the Destiny car park. This is something that viewers caught a glimpse of when I played Napoleon Bush's video of his stroll through Destiny's car park that he filmed a couple of months ago. If I hadn't been chatting to him and he hadn't sent me that video, I wouldn't have even known this testing station was there, to be honest. Sometimes George takes this ice cream truck out to the various Whanawara open days and vaccine drives, but he vows it has nothing to do with trying to attract children. He was very angry at me when I suggested that maybe it did. Whanawara has also handed out $50 countdown vouchers to parents who bring their children in to be jabbed, along with many other bribes, such as barbecues and family fun days. And these incentives are advertised and promoted at the testing centre in the Destiny car park to encourage them to jump in one of the shuttle vans or the bus and come on down. So let's say there's a single mum, bit strapped for cash, and the testing station attendant says to her, come on, love, we'll drive you down the road to the clinic and vaccinate your four kids. That'll put a lovely $200 towards your grocery bill this week. And you can all have a free lunch and some ice cream while you're there. 
That's part of what I meant when I said last time that I believe these testing stations to be the main touch point for the jabbing clinics. George also has his very own free COVID vaccination bus parked in the car park there, plastered in his clinic's advertising to make sure that phone number gets as much publicity as possible as he's cruising around the town collecting more victims to bring back to one of his jabbing clinics. By the way, the church sometimes borrows that bus to move people around too, because nothing screams don't comply with taking the jab louder than loading your congregation into a free COVID vaccination bus to get them to their baptisms and church picnics. <laughs> I wish I was joking. <laughs> George has also got a number of cars and shuttle vans right there in the Destiny car park to pick up people from their homes or to even jab them right there at home if that's more convenient or to drive them to the clinic after testing, all free of charge and all no appointment necessary. Free supermarket vouchers, free food and drink and even free transport. Nothing suspicious about that at all. They just really want those precious children to, to be safe from something that's already been proven to barely affect children by injecting them with something that's been proven to seriously harm and even kill children. Now, although Whanawara and Destiny Church claim to have nothing to do with one another and be completely independent of one another, Whanawara's head office address is listed as 25 Druses Road. Destiny Church, on its social media, on its own website, on HealthPoint, on the company's register. And according to the company's index, Destiny Church has been the address of Whanawara's head office for going on seven years. Why would a church allow a business to use them as their head office address if they have nothing to do with that business? It's a bit odd. And why wouldn't Whanawara use one of its own premises as its head office address? George and Raywin are always looking to expand their business empire. Back in November 22, this article talked about how they just purchased a radio station, previously Base FM, which has since proven to be pivotal in advertising the testing centre and special vaccination events, as well as the jabbing clinics themselves. In the article, George and Raywin were quoted as saying they were business owners with a $25 million operation, including eight medical practices, I've read that the number of those has increased since then. Two supermarkets, a Mr. Whiffy franchise and multiple childcare centres. Very recently, George has also confirmed that his newly formed company, Aotearoa Media Group, which also owns Base FM, Radio Aotearoa, and will soon be launching a new radio station in Tauranga, have also recently bought Newsfeed Live, and he's soon to embark on his new role as newsreader for that station. As I said, his business is rapidly expanding. They bought shops, Dairies, uh, recently a couple of Kiwi Bank and New Zealand Post franchises in Point Chevalier in Christchurch. And George has also made it known that he's looking to establish his own bank, credit union. <laughs> now that's a little disturbing because George often makes his support of globalists known on his social media with posts like this one, for example, where he promotes the puppet that walks around in the skin of Rishi Sunak, Captain Globalist himself. <laughs> keeping in mind that both Brian and George have made two trips to London in the last seven months alone. And here he is with some of his other globalist minion mates, Chris Hipkins and Grant Robertson. You see, when people like George Nate go from wealthy to suddenly uber rich, and then go about purchasing things like post offices and banks, fleets of supercars, 
and throwing money around like George's at the moment, we need to pay attention. There's always a reason that they've suddenly come into such enormous amounts of money. They're rewarded for showing their initial compliance, you know, pushing the fake vaccine and such, but those rewards come with conditions. They become a little bit like these sellouts in Hollywood um, industry slaves, and they're expected to continue implementing the agenda, and that's when they become filthy rich. It's reported that George and Ray were the ones who gifted Brian and Hannah the Tesla with the slightly disconcerting rego with the 666 on it, which Hannah was then, I believe, expected to be driving in the very public affair of picking up Brian after his prison stint. Another thing I find slightly disturbing is George's declaration of adoration for the disgraced paedophilic pastor of New Birth Church in Atlanta, Eddie Long, creating and posting many emotional tributes online all well after his multiple sex abuse crimes with boys in his church were made public. I get a lot of flack for mentioning this Eddie Long guy, but the only reason I do is because when Eddie Long's crimes were revealed, Brian had a clear opportunity to, to take a stand against paedophilia in the church, but he has refused to do that and has instead covered over the crimes and refused to even inform the parents when he then welcomed that perpetrator back within the walls of the church for many days unsupervised amongst the youth. And George now appears to be devoted to the promotion of Eddie's protege, the immensely wealthy Dr. King, AKA Lindsay McCleskey. After yet another world trip in late 22, Scotland, bit of a whip around Tokyo and a few other places, George and his family stopped in LA in January this year, where Dr. King and the new birth team lent him this little runaround to use during his stay. <laughs> a week or so later, George then brought Dr. King and his team to Destiny Church in Auckland early this year, complete with a porphyry at the airport, just as they did for Eddie Long after the years of paedophilia were revealed. Then Dr. King jumped into his lone vehicle to use for the duration of his stay. Look familiar? Not sure if it was the same vehicle that Brian and Hannah were driving, but this one that Christchurch Destiny Pastor Derek Tate's been boasting about recently on social media definitely has a different rego plate. <laughs> then Dr. King spent a while at Destiny where he preached his life-transforming philosophies about hashtag kingdom wealth handed down to him from his spiritual father, Eddie Long. Then after he'd firmly entrenched the message that giving all your money to guys like him and Brian is somehow akin to godliness, he and George and Raywin and family trotted off to Mexico for a bit of fun in the sun. First class and laughing all the way. <laughs> now, as anyone who's heard me speak about destiny before will know, I personally believe destiny to be a high-functioning and very damaging cult. I've been watching as the message that they are gods walking among us has become stronger and stronger. And also, how over the years, Brian Tamaki's become virtually deified by his followers. They, they revere him as not only their own father, but father of the nation. As in other cults, they are led to believe that they are choosing to give him exorbitant amounts of money and devotion, when really it's a requirement. They're treated as peasants and, and expected to break their backs to lay more gold at this man's feet. There are also the elements of hidden paedophilia, the silencing of those who dare to speak about it, and the exaltation of such criminals as holy men of God, the way George Natai does with his passionate tributes to Eddie Long. 
Now, in 2021, in two separate events and pertaining to two separate Christchurch locations, George Natai's clinics were evicted from their buildings of residence. Both Hewakatapu, who provided rooms for George's clinics free of charge, and a doctor from the Canterbury Health Board objected to what they described as Whanawara's lack of protocol and their approach to community health care as an opportunity to make money at the expense of reduced quality health care. And that opportunity to make money appears to be much to do with taking advantage of what's called the capitation funding system which is a system of taxpayer-funded government payments based on the numbers enrolled in individual practices, regardless of whether those patients actually come in for treatment. So by offering very low fees, as Whanawara does, it pushes the enrolment numbers up and government funding goes up accordingly. And with the amount of patients enrolled at Whanawara, the hefty government funding will more than make up for the lower fees charged. Then, of course, there are the government payments for each and every individual jab administered, as well as for each test administered. Whanawara is also stepped on a few toes with the issue around its name. In 2022, Whanawara Commissioning Agency objected to George Natai's claiming of this name as his own, as it was rightfully theirs, and they said they'd fight that argument against George in court. I asked myself why George was so adamant that he wanted this name and refused to back down. I couldn't help but wonder if it was because this way he could piggyback off an organisation that's already created a lot of goodwill and is well trusted. It could also cloak his activities, you know, keep him under the radar in a sense. If people were to say, Brian Tamaki's working with Whanawara, it doesn't set off the same alarm bells, causes a bit of confusion. Sure enough, the mighty Whanawara Commissioning Agency backed down, dropped their injunction against George last year, and are now often referred to in the mainstream media as Te Matakana, so as not to step on George's toes. <laughs> A similar scenario played out last year when Christchurch Mayor dropped all of the $50,000 worth of charges that were laid against the Freedom and Rights Coalition, and, and they had said that they were willing to take through the court, all after a quick chat with Derek Tate. Why'd she do that? Was it because Derek's charisma disarmed her and he just made some really good points so it all ended in hugs? Personally, I don't think so. Although Derek, I'm sure, would disagree. <laughs> Could it be because they were never going to go through with it in the first place and it's all theatre? Could it be that we're good at recognising the theatre when it's happening on an international stage, you know, Ukraine or the White House, but maybe not so good at recognising it when it's happening in our own backyard? Back in January 21, Watia News reported that Whanawara had set up what was named as an immunisation clinic in the Destiny buildings at 25 Druces Road, right next to the testing station in the car park. And this is a fact that neither the church or Whanawara dispute. Brian Tamaki said there'll be no COVID vaccines administered inside this clinic or anywhere on Destiny premises, as it was mainly to facilitate the MMR vaccine. There was even a lane set up in the car park testing station for MMR vaccinations. But, as I said, Brian Tamaki has repeatedly emphasised that at no time and in no way has the COVID vaccine ever been administered anywhere within Destiny grounds. I'd heard otherwise and that they were actually COVID vaccinating from within their mobile vaccination vans and the car park, so I decided to make a little call to Whanawara head office to ask for myself. Here's how that call went. 
I've condensed for time purposes again, and I'll put the phone number on the screen so that you are able to call and verify this information for yourself. Hi, uh, just wondering, um, were you guys ever giving the COVID vaccination or the booster in the Destiny car park? Right. Last year or the year before. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure Just asking about whether the COVID vaccination's ever been available in the Destiny car park, in Drusus Road. Do you know? Yeah, yeah, we are doing it before. So, so they were doing the booster shots, the COVID booster shots, in the Destiny car park, in the vans, were they? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We have a mobile. Yeah. Okay, and that was actually vaccinating in the Destiny car park, was it? Yeah, it was written there before, like, um, because we are um, doing that before at Destiny. So, according to Whanauaro themselves, the COVID vaccination was being given in the Destiny car park. But whether it was testing or jabbing or both, as I've said from the start, these things are a holistic, collaborative operation. I believe that that's a view supported by the fact that these tests are available free of charge in many pharmacies, so you, so you don't need to go to a testing station to get one. And as far as just testing goes, there's more and more evidence accumulating of people suffering serious health harm as a result of taking one of these tests. More and more that these nasally administered swab tests are utilising new technologies to successfully break the blood-brain barrier and that they're used to deliver nanoparticles and chemicals into the brains and bodies of pe the people tested. And there's also evidence emerging that the swab tests could potentially be used as a covert vehicle for the vaccine. As this study clarifies, a new intranasal vaccine technology swabs is enabling patients to avoid needles, reducing pain and fear and improving compliance. They're also less expensive to produce than vaccine injections and could be administered quickly and easily and without the need for trained medical staff present. It goes on to explain that oral, nasal and aerosol vaccines use nanocarriers to transport the vaccines across the blood-brain barrier, improving bioavailability and, and improving the, increasing the effectiveness of the vaccine. But here's the thing, it's been well documented that nanoparticulates are present on the tips of these nasal swab tests. The same inorganic nanocarriers that has been well established are capable of finding their own way through our blood-brain barriers. Nanoparticulates are used as a conduit for the purposes of aiding the delivery of drugs to help them get where they need to go, basically. But but what other nanotechnologies are housed inside these nanoparticle carriers? And what are these nanoparticles comprised of? According to what I've read on PubMed and other medical publications, these nanocarriers are metallic. 
When you consider the alarming amount of reports coming through of people's blood-brain barriers being broken by this nasal swab test, and then add to that that there's actually no need for a sample to be taken from that location, I mean, <laughs> those were studies talking about drugs being delivered to the blood-brain barrier to cross over and become effective. But in this case, it's a test, not a treatment. And if they're wanting a swab to be up by the blood-brain barrier, doesn't that suggest that maybe they might be trying to deliver a substance to that location? And many 5G weapons experts are telling us that nanoparticulates in the human body will be the body's connectivity to the coming 15-minute city digital ID, blockchain, CBDC, 5G slavery system. And as we know, 5G not only mimics COVID symptoms in the human body, but its effects are multiplied exponentially once metal particulates are introduced into the body. Then there's the whole other issue of how those fraudulent tests are being used to prop up the pandemic lie, justify lockdowns, spread fear, and hide jab injuries by diagnosing their symptoms as COVID. These tests have been proven over and over to be fraudulent. So how can you stand behind this, Brian? For people's safety, would you please consider removing that testing station from your car park? It's as easy as a phone call to George. Hey George, sorry, it's not working out. It's not you, it's me, whatever. Why are you so reluctant to do the obvious thing here? Sounds like you're telling us we just need to trust Big Pharma on this one, that the tests are safe and effective. Or are we supposed to trust George's word on this? I mean, neither he nor his national manager have any medical training. They're both businessmen through and through. As you can see here on this page from the Controller and Auditor General's spending report, $181 billion of taxpayer money was approved for COVID spending in the year ended June 2020 alone. So you've got to admit, to a businessman, this presented a great business opportunity. Huge amounts of money are being pushed into the pockets of anyone who's willing to partner with the government in getting the nation fully poisoned up, especially if they'll get that poison into the children. And as usual, it's double, triple portions of that funding for Maori. <laughs> I guess because as I told you in my last video, George Natai did explain on my Facebook thread that COVID uh, picks on Maori people hunts them down. I don't know why. Apparently it's a racist virus. Actually, seeing I just mentioned that Whanauara national manager, let's have a little bit of a talk about him for a minute. Here's a man by the name of Rick Southey. Here's another guy who's helping George out and is also profiting nicely along the way. He was the national manager of the Whanauara Community Clinic up until just recently. But you may remember him better as the People's Court judge, the man dressed in judicial robes with a gavel in his hand at the Parliament protest slash political campaign in August last year. He officiated the mock trial organised by the Freedom and Rights Coalition. Again, Rick's a prominent and long-standing member of Destiny and also the facilitator at Destiny Family and Parenting, a position he's held for nine years, still holds today. His wife and daughters are the female worship leaders at Destiny. His wife runs a bit of a side gig, doing a regular cooking show for Whanauara Community Clinic as well. But at the time of the People's Court, he was also the national manager of the Whanauara Community Clinic. Manager 
over all the Whanau Warwick clinics nationwide, including the, the clinic running a testing station in his own church's car park. As the heartbreaking stories of real vaccine injury were read out at Parliament that day by the victims themselves, the judge listening to their stories was being played by the national manager of a clinic that boasts of leading the way in getting Murray and Pacifica adults and children throughout New Zealand fully jabbed up. A man who's responsible in part for inflicting vaccine injuries on a daily basis and quite possibly for the one standing in front of him on that mock witness stand. Who in his day job goes about the business of bringing in enormous amounts of COVID vaccination funding in exchange for inflicting the very injuries on the very people that he's presenting himself as fighting for here. Please remain silent. Until then, court is in recess for two minutes. Kia. You've got to admit, it's brilliant. No one would ever suspect that the criminal would be sitting in the judge's seat. Actually, this is a, a beautifully clear metaphor of the state of our justice system, corrupt, complicit in the very crimes on trial. Then there's Kane Warren, Brian's son-in-law, director of Man Up, an elder at Destiny Church. He's the site manager of the COVID testing station in the Destiny car park, a role that he takes great pride in. It's been a great opportunity coming down and uh, working at the COVID testing station here at 25 Drusers Road. My role is site manager, so on behalf of Destiny Church, uh, is actually helping the uh, COVID operation actually work and being able to be a part of the front line, personally for me, has been a, a highlight. I guess in 10 years' time, I may be able to reflect on this and say, where was I at the time of the pandemic? I was on the front line serving. Kane was also responsible for providing staff to run the testing station. I've had a glimpse at the social media profiles of many of the people working in the station and so far, every single one that I've looked at is a Destiny member. 500 tests a day at this site in Witty is considered a good day. It's high enough, but we wish that we could keep those numbers rolling every single day. But nevertheless, Kane didn't let this whole, you know, what many of us would see as a clear conflict of interest, stop him from putting in protest appearances. <laughs> no. And uh, neither did any other of the Destiny leaders not even George Nata himself. Back again. We're live here on it's clear that this is an operation that many Destiny leaders are involved in and being paid to help with. <laughs> we'll go into Christchurch Destiny Pastor Derek Tate's role as Whanauara Clinic Director and Test Station Recruiter in just a minute. But I've got to say, I'm finding it a little hard to reconcile these things with a statement Brian Tamaki wrote in a public Facebook post on the 24th of April about this issue. Referring to Whanauara, he said, Neither Hannah or I have anything to do with their business or operation. There's clearly an active working relationship here, and also a close personal relationship. In early April, Brian and Hannah set off on yet another first-class world holiday, and their travel companions were none other than their good friends George Natai and Raywin Bunner. First stop on their trip was London, first class all the way. There's photos on the London Eye. 
as well as Buckingham Palace, just like last year. Then it was off to Paris, bit of sightseeing, fine dining, and a few days in Italy, the Vatican, Milan, Rome, Florence, then a trip to Turkey to attend the Anzac commemoration services at Gallipoli, which appears to have been sponsored by George's uh, political connections through the Maori Party. Must say, it was pretty hard not to notice mainstream media stirring reports of what they termed a pilgrimage to Turkey, speaking in glowing terms of Brian and painting him as a deeply patriotic man. Then a trip to Israel for some camel rides and sightseeing throughout the country. Five-star accommodation all the way. Lots of relaxation in the sun. Trip to Nazareth before they headed to Dubai on the 8th of May. By the way, it was quite difficult to find photos of these two couples together on this trip. I had to search high and low for this one. The only one I found of Brian and George together. And the couple of Raywin and Hannah together were thumbnails that I had to blow up. There wasn't any mention of the fact they were together in their videos or photo captions. Even at Gallipoli, their social media didn't let on they were together. I may be wrong, but it appears as if they didn't want people to know they were together. And I can't help but wonder why that would be. Then, once they got home, it was no more than a day or two before George and Raywin announced they were off for another few weeks holiday, this time with the Kaikoi Whanawara practice manager, who's also a long-time devoted Destiny member, one that I actually worked with during my time at Destiny. We could spend another couple of hours flicking through last year's five-star international travels, but let's not. <laughs> it's actually not the issue. It's not about what they're doing. It's actually about what this whole crazy picture is doing to our ability to see straight. You know, the dots couldn't actually be any closer together here. We, we grapple, don't we, for any means to explain away what's right in front of our eyes sometimes, because we just can't process it. We don't want to believe that someone we've invested in and placed trust in, faith in, could have deceived us or would deceive us. So in the face of overwhelming evidence, we grapple for any technicality and hold on to it for dear life. But in a time like this, it's vital that we find the moral and emotional fortitude to confront deception and hold on to truth. This psychosis has not only permeated Destiny Church, but by means of the vehicle of the protests and the way the Freedom and Rights Coalition and Brian Tamaki took control of the freedom movement during that time. My personal opinion is that that psychosis has now cast its net over thousands in the freedom movement. In true inverse reality cult fashion, they proclaim freedom and rights, while at the same time promoting a no questions asked kind of obedience to one man. The gaslighting, the manipulation, the guilting, the cunning misappropriation of words like divisive, again in Brian's Facebook post, and the online abuse from Destiny members, the bullying, silencing when someone asks questions, it's all there. <sighs> I couldn't count the amount of times I've seen someone respectfully ask a Destiny person a question about these things and be simply met with a caps lock, shut up you moron, you know, with six laughing emojis. It's pretty extreme. Is this what manning up looks like to you guys? You know, that's not manliness. 
a real man's respectful, doesn't lose his rag and throw his toys out of the cot every time someone asks him an uncomfortable question. I'm going to be bold and just say what I think, okay? Surprise, surprise. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. You, Sam? No, never. <laughs> I don't believe that Brian Tamaki is about truth or freedom. I think what he desires is power. Just like the government, he wants power, wealth and control. It's all there in the Destiny 2003 so-called prophecy spoken by Brian and affirmed by Eddie Long. But I feel very strongly in my heart that the word of the Lord came to me very strong. I predict in the next five years, by the time we hit our 10th anniversary, and I don't say this lightly, that we will be ruling the nation. made a declaration that in five years you shall be ruling and reigning in this nation. That means you control the wealth, that means you control the riches, that means you control the politics, that means you control the social order, that means that you are in charge. I myself heard Brian say many times with my own ears from metres away that he would never stop believing that this prophecy would be fulfilled one day. And I suspect that he believes that uh, the fulfilment of that is beginning to unfold right now and that this power is soon to be his. Anyway, let's move on to a more fun subject, shall we? Derek Tate. Oh, Derek. <laughs> He's always writing to me. Letting me know he's thinking of me. <laughs> it's so thoughtful of him. I never visit his page or comment on any of his threads, but even so, he's always making the effort to stop by and say hi on mine. Here's a little selection of his inspiring words to others online from a pastor who's also the leader of Christchurch Man Up, you know, in charge of mentoring men to become better fathers and husbands.
In case you don't know, Derek's the Christchurch Destiny Pastor, mouthpiece of the Freedom and Rights Coalition, and Chief Boofhead, I mean, head goon. Oh no, sorry. I mean, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, main bootlicker. No, oh gosh. Sorry, this is not very professional. Um, Right-hand man, that's it. He's Brian's right-hand man. And, and I think probably his biggest fan. Derek often writes posts, tagging only me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, he posted this one. Again, immediately tagged with only my name. I'm so flattered, Derek. <laughs> you shouldn't have. And so I asked him, publicly, seeing you call yourself a god, tell me, can you create life out of nothing? Are you the forgiver of sins? Are you the one that humanity needs to look to for, for salvation and eternal life? And this was his answer. <laughs> I've released you of your sins. I've created and spoken life into being. And again, again, he calls me my child. <laughs> I've told you, Derek, I've made it clear no matter what kind of sick fantasy you've got going on in your mind, you can keep calling me your child, but I won't be calling you daddy. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> Anyhow, Derek's yet another destiny leader who's played an important role in Whanawara. In fact, he became the director of a Whanawara clinic in 2020. And his wife was the manager of a Whanawara clinic. Well, kia ora everybody, I'm George Ngātai and I'm here to give you a quick update of what we're doing here in Christchurch. Rather than me talk about it, let's actually catch up with some of our staff. Kia ora, my name's Rena Tate. Um, I'm the practice manager for Whānau Water Community Clinics here in Ōtautahi. We love what we do um, and we certainly have no intention of finishing. So we look forward to seeing you all soon. Derek always refers to the clinic that he directed as a medical centre, as if to imply that that's a different place when there's only one, the one he directed, the one that accepted huge amounts of COVID funding for jabbing people like there's no tomorrow during his entire stint as director. A stint that happened to fit nicely inside the busiest part of the fake pandemic jabbing season. Derek was also well-documented as flashing a vaccine pass around the place during the mandate season. He hints but won't say directly that it's fake, I have to question, how, how is it that I, a mere single mum, can stand up and say, no, I don't have a vaccine pass and I never will because this is a giant hoax and you can't, Derek? Here's a thought. You know all that muscle building you've been doing? Maybe build some on the inside. <clears throat> on May the 4th, not long ago, Derek held a bit of a Q&A meeting in Christchurch, a kind of a, you know, like, come meet the God man live in person session. Uh, where someone asked the question uh, if he was ever the director of a Whanawara clinic, and here's how he answered that question. Have you ever been a director of um, Whanawara uh, Community Clinic, I think it's, I don't know how do you pronounce it. Yeah. Medical Centre? Yeah, Medical Centre. You've got listeners on there? Yeah. The medical Centre, and yeah, I was a director on a Medical Centre. My wife was the manager of a Medical Centre. This was a long time ago, eh? For now, for a few years ago now. And there's still a little bit of confusion about your involvement with um, 
that medical clinic, um, whatever it was. Yeah. So, what was it? You? What was your role there? What, when were you employed there? When was I employed there? So, I was, I was, I was on the board for medical centre. Yeah. I don't, I don't see what the confusion is. <laughs> oh, people are just asking the question. Yeah. yeah. Just leave the scam <laughs> You're on, the, you're on the board there, you worked there a while ago. That's the yeah, yeah. So, so I worked on the board for a medical centre, um, but the extra cash problem. Yeah. This role came to an end in October 21, a couple of weeks after the two Whanawara clinics were evicted by the Hawakatapu and the other Canterbury Health Board doctor. Derek was also responsible for helping provide staff to help run the testing station in Auckland. Just like Kane Warren did, he also placed many Destiny members into employment in the testing station, while continuing to claim publicly that he has nothing to do with the government COVID vaccination scheme. I have to say, honesty appears to be getting a little bit bent in places with all this, particularly around the area of money. This 2022 article here says that the last time Derek's church, Christchurch Destiny Church, filed a tax return was back in 2019. Checked out the situation. What the article says here is true. Uh, even the part that said there was only two staff paid and only 30k each for the year. I assume one of those staff members must have been Derek Tate, as he is the senior pastor. And all I can say to that is, when I look at how Derek and his family lives, even his children, owning expensive houses and the cars and the boats and the Harleys and the batches and fancy holidays, I can't help but be super impressed at how he's managed to stretch that 30k. That's some spectacular budgeting skills. I did notice the manse cost that Derek claimed against his 2019 tax return. This had traditionally been for the rental cost to the old clergy house associated with a church. Could this be the reason that Derek's house is owned on paper by his son? So that he can then claim he's renting from his son and, and therefore claim a bit of a tax kickback? I've noticed Brian's incredible home is also owned by his granddaughter. Interesting. Actually, while we're here on the issue of taxes, let's have a wee talk about Auckland Destiny Church. Um, you may have seen a quiet little article in Stuff.co in February 22 telling us that many Destiny Churches, including the one in Auckland, have lost their charitable trust status. This is a big deal for Destiny. You know, they've always been funded mainly by donations. Well, up until recently, in my opinion. And those donations are far easier to garner from the public if they know that they'll receive a donations rebate because it's made to a registered charity. Uh, and of course, there's all the other tax exemption perks associated with being a registered charity. They were removed from the register because they failed to file their annual returns. But this is a situation that could have so easily been amended, you know, by filling in the missing returns, 2020, 21, 22. And then they could have appealed to the High Court to be reinstated once those returns were filed. But although the church did petition to be reinstated, they still haven't filed those returns. The church spokeswoman, Anne Williamson, is reported as declining to explain in this same lonely little article from February 22. And it appears that nothing more has really been said about it ever since. Brian and Hannah choosing to forego their tax-exempt status in order to avoid filing those returns, or is it something to do with the most recent trust set-up, last time they got into tax trouble, in 2017? 
I need to say these are not accusations, they are just questions. Destiny Auckland declared $2.6 million in donations in 2019, but Charity Service explains that that still resulted in the church running at a, at a loss that year, so it's only reasonable to ask Brian, if the financial situation is truly that dire, how are the multiple world trips and how's it all being paid for? <laughs> How do you afford birthday bashes like the one you had in February this year if your church is running at a loss? You won't disclose your earnings, but it doesn't look like you're struggling to make ends meet. I really don't like asking such audacious questions, but is this just a case of putting it on the credit card or is this money coming from somewhere else? Anyway, back to Derek Tate. I have a question for you too, Derek. I've noticed that you keep repeating that the Whanawara clinic that you were director of doesn't jab people. Many times over you've said this. It has nothing to do with jabbing. You know, we could argue backwards and forwards on that, but, but we've been getting on so well lately. Let's not bicker, okay? How about I just give them a call? Shall I? You know, get it cleared up. Best way, yeah? Okay. 03 388 8300. Welcome to Whānau Order shots. Do you guys give COVID boosters and vaccines there? Yes, we do. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So, is this the one, is this Pages Road? That is correct. We're 50 Pages Road. Okay. Okay, we've been confused because a friend of mine, he told me that you guys don't give them there. How long have you been giving COVID vaccines at your clinic? Um, we've, yeah, about two years. Oh, okay. Oh, there must be some confusion. And uh, uh, um, will it be done by one of your registered nurses, Whanawara staff? Absolutely. So the vaccinators are um, nurses. Okay. And, and they're Whanawara nurses, are they? That's correct. Okay. Okay, thank you. Bye. And we have nothing to do with the clinic or the COVID vaccination schemes also been Brian Tamaki's assertion from the start. But even Whanaura's clinical director, Dr. Tangri, has said that its mass vaccination operation would not have been possible without the support of Destiny Church members and the implicit support of Destiny itself. Destiny is all over and all through this whole Whanaura enterprise. All the people commenting here are Destiny people, all of them. Anne's been the media liaison for years and... <laughs> Here's the wife of the head worship leader, employed at Funo Aura to do whatever it is she's doing here. Apparently going live on a regular basis to spread good vibes about how they're keeping everyone safe from the deadly mythical virus. And my role is to 
support whānau through this COVID pandemic. I work for Fano Order Community Clinic. And here she is at one of the protests. And here's her husband, head male worship leader at Destiny and MC at the many of the protests. And top and bottom here are both Destiny, the bottom being the daughter of the music director while I was there. Even Jamie Warren, Brian's daughter, plainly says here in a social media post from September 21 that they're not against the COVID vaccine and that many in the church work on the front lines of the testing and vax stations. They keep making the argument that they're about freedoms and rights, but they're not against the fake vaccine. How does that work? Uh, and this is what the whole transgression of our freedoms and rights is based on, a scam, a heinous lie. You can't separate these things and you can't sit on the fence either. Personally, I don't believe they are sitting on the fence at all. I believe they're just pretending to be. When someone invests as much time and resources into facilitating and profiting from the scam as Brian and Hannah have done, I think that puts them well and truly on the other side of the fence. So, again, as I have many times before, I'd like to put out an invitation to have an open, live stream, public discussion about these things in the interests of transparency and right of reply. A good old-fashioned adult conversation in regards to these very important issues. Brian and Hannah, Derek, George, any of you who'd like to talk and give your side, let's talk. I'll be respectful. I'll give you plenty of space to explain all these things away. You're running for parliament now, so this is a brilliant opportunity to show us that you are the kind of man who will front up and answer tough questions. And if I've said anything inaccurate, a live stream discussion would be a very effective way to expose that. And all I'd ask for at such a discussion is honesty. And that shouldn't be a problem for any of you, being a church and all. And this way, we could potentially clear up what appears to be a serious conflict of interest. You know, uh, taking taxpayer-funded government COVID payments in one hand and massive amounts of donations via the Freedom and Rights Coalition in the other hand. Am I getting that wrong? I mean, it's what it looks like. Anyway, public money means public information, right? The first time I rung and requested to talk about these things was mid last year, uh, while I was still working for AFIPN, but you still haven't as much as acknowledged any of my requests. Is it because I'm not accredited media? <laughs> Would Hilary Barry be more your cup of tea? <laughs> Sorry, but I think she's busy. Probably fighting for the rights of minor attractive people somewhere. As I'm sure you will have seen in the 1.9 thousand comments on my Facebook post a few weeks ago, most people were a bit miffed to learn about your testing station in the car park and your collaboration with George Natai and the government vaccination scheme. And I'm by no means the only one who'd like some answers. But so far, the only response anyone who's been brave enough to ask questions has received 
is mocking and childish abuse. Destiny people, isn't it disingenuous to say that you lament the loss of unbiased truth in the media when the reality is if independent media asks a question of your great leader, it's gloves off. I mean, black magic spells and death threats for, for stating a physical reality about what's sitting in your car park and asking questions about Brian Tamaki? Fascinating. <laughs> Brian, I've noticed you, you tend to refer to people who ask these respectful questions as haters, even anti-Brian haters. But isn't that a game that our government plays? You know, am I a hater when I speak against men being in girls' toilets? Or against digital IDs or drag time story hour? No. <laughs> and I don't hate those people either. At all. This is not personal. Just like it wouldn't be personal in regards to those issues either. It's about the issue. And hate speech? Really? <laughs> From what I can see, truth is the new hate speech. Hmm. And just so you know, this isn't one way. If you decline or, or ignore my request to talk on air, I'll respect your choice on that 100%. Freedom to speak, freedom not to speak. I respect both choices. If I may just quickly mention your Facebook post, though, that you made on the 24th of April, where you addressed this whole Whanauara issue. The one where you wrote that people like the so-called freedom doctors, your words, such as Dr. Matt Shelton, and also people like Matt King need to be culled from the freedom movement. Culled. And I guess that relates to whoever else you were referring to when you, when you said we need to cull out these divisive so-called freedom fighters. So right there, you've defined someone who says something that you're not comfortable with as divisive and so-called, in other words, illegitimate freedom fighters. So if they don't agree with you, they're invalid. And I guess... I must be in that group too, seeing you address the Whanauara issue in that same post and then took the time to copy and paste it onto my thread and then immediately blocked me so I couldn't respond. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> how is it you'd like us all to be cold, please, Brian? <laughs> Are you going to put us on a boat and push us out to sea? Stash us in the destiny basement? <laughs> Actually, it's probably probably more exactly the same strategy you've used here, knowing that as soon as you post something like this, hundreds of your angry followers will charge in brandishing pitchforks. <laughs> Is this what's in store for anyone who dares to ask you a question? The destiny mob going to chase them out of town? And again, like I described on that little live that I put on Rumble, after you know, poking the dogs and creating the fight, you quickly turn your rhetoric back around like you do at the bottom there and tell people we need to unite under your creed, your framework and leadership, of course. Create the chaos and be the solution. <laughs> Where have we heard that before? I feel like this could honestly be a page right out of the Cult Leaders for Dummies textbook. And if I may ask you, why is it that you never call your people off when they're out there mauling others on social media? As their spiritual leader and guide, you know, I know you see them. I mean, I don't need other people to abuse others on my behalf. I can fight my own battles, relay my point of view on something. I try to do it respectfully. A bit hard with Derek sometimes, but, you know, I try. <laughs> 
I remember saying in August last year at Parliament that if this activity from Brian Tamaki and his mechanism of the Freedom and Rights Coalition carries on this way, that a year from that day, there'd be nothing left of the freedom movement apart from destiny and those joined with Brian's political party and his supporters in his run for Parliament, and that he'll serve up the freedom movement to the globalists on a plate, and that those who can see what's going on will have washed their hands of it by then. But people kept telling me, no, he's not going to run for parliament. He told us that. To which I replied, he's lying. He will run for parliament. And we're not even a year down the track yet and he's made the announcement. <laughs> he's just a really good and well-practiced actor. He's been doing this for decades. My opinion. <laughs> I could go into the terrible business back in Rotorua with Brian Tamaki, but I don't have the time here. But... Now, just ask yourself, when did you last hear Brian really get his teeth into exposing the World Economic Forum or the UN or the coming CBDCs or smart cities? Or when's, when's the last time you heard him speak about the World Health Organization, the pandemic treaty laws, a threat like we've never seen before on this earth, right on our doorstep? Apart from a very vague, we need to leave the UN, you haven't heard it from him. He'll offer you a new constitution and just keep on talking in the same general terms about freedoms and rights and keep repeating his this government's got to go mantra as if any rearrangement of this government's going to make any difference if global contracts aren't cut. One thing's for sure, if they'll betray the people for a few pieces of silver now, they'll betray them under the pressure of the who's coming pandemic laws. Remember how Brian and Jacob both posted last year that they'd love to work with the globalist Luxon? By the way, if you ever decide to do any research about the leader of NNP, Jacob, one of the parties partnered up with Brian, you'd better put your hazmat suit on first. <laughs> you could start by researching this guy, Grant Norman King. He's such a bad guy that there's even a couple of websites devoted to exposing him and keeping an eye on him. Ex-members of NNP claimed that a large group of them walked from the party a little while ago because Jacob refused to cut ties with this man, leaving these members stunned and wondering why he would make such a choice. I've been warned not to open that can of worms because it could actually jeopardise my safety and I'm going, to, I'm going to heed that advice. And people couldn't see in the last couple of years either just how much the mainstream media actually supported Brian, you know, making themselves the prime advertisers free of charge for Brian's activities multiple times, advertising his protests and across all their platforms, locations, dates, times, using the same wording in their headlines, but specifically the one in Wellington where he unveiled his umbrella party plans. They were all over that one. You know as well as I do that mainstream media only prints what the government tell it to, so this is not something that they would have printed so widely if the government didn't want the freedom movement to follow this man. Any mention of the freedom movement was always Brian Tamaki's freedom movement was so deliberate to establish him as leader of the movement, you know, as if to program that in people's minds. And now they're advertising his new freedom party, helping to announce his run for parliament. The one he said last year that he'd never make. <laughs> Far from giving Brian a hard time, as many people claim that the m mainstream media still do, this piece could have literally been titled, Brian is awesome and our hope for the future. 
It was a piece that celebrated everything he's done in the last couple of years. I actually thought it was quite revealing too how the government-controlled Facebook takedown portal took down uh, that original video of Napoleon Bush's walk through the car park that I had attached to my original Facebook post, saying it went against community standards. So apparently, something that makes Brian Tamaki look bad goes against Facebook community standards. Standards which here in New Zealand are dictated by our own government. And welcome to the stage, Brian Tamaki! Sorry, you know, I don't mean to cause offence, but our government must just laugh when they look at us and see how we've become like a weak bunch of bleating sheep following a charlatan or keeping rank and file behind the men in black in their Harleys with their hashtag Freedom and Rights Coalition COVID masks on. But in the end, if things are uncovered and the evidence put on display, but that blinkered following still continues after the fact, who does it really speak worse of? The fraud or the follower? Who won't, you know, look at that bit, forsakes their integrity because maybe there might be something in it for them down the track. There's nothing in it for you. It's a lie. It's a carrot on a stick. The carrot never comes off the stick. It just gets used in the next lap for the next bunch of races. <laughs> no one gets the carrot. <laughs> and this coercion, this uh, carrot on a stick psychology, is how they get you to make compromises that you never would have made once upon a time, such as looking the other way on the profiting from the poisoning of children. I think a lot of people follow because they don't think there is another option, which is what they want you to believe, and that too is a lie. There are other options. And my hope is that we will start building on those. Uh, yeah, we, we need to get our wits about us, New Zealand. We're going to need them with what's ahead of us. We've got to stop this nonsense New Zealand psychology of thinking there's something virtuous about harmony at all costs. There's no strength to be found in that kind of unity. It's compromised, like a pillar with cracks in it. Compromised. It's going to fall, and everything that's been built on top of it will fall too. <laughs> Before I go, I just want to restate one thing, okay? I'm not speaking against the people attending Destiny Church or Destiny supporters or man up. They're the good guys who've been used to carry out white knight operations for Brian. And I'm not actually suggesting that any kind of collusion or shady dealings is occurring anywhere other than at the top. You know, not even guys like Derek Tate. I mean, let's face it, he probably couldn't even spell collusion. Apologies, I should not have said that. Uh, sorry, I'm sure you're a very good speller, Derek. You're awesome at everything, like a god-man, kind of man-god man. Okay. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And in case things aren't weird enough for you yet, I'll leave you with George and Raywin at Brian's birthday bash to take us out. <laughs> no need to thank me, you're welcome. Okay, bye for now. Counterspinmedia.com